I think in the church we spend a good deal of time talking about lust in terms of pornography, right? And kind of a physical lust. But how often have we talked about emotional lust? Mm. That's a very, that, that, to me, that's a novel kind of concept to explore. Mm-hmm. Right? And just in our talking about this uh, over coffee, you and I, uh, I feel like there's just so, so much to be examined there, so much that can point us to kind of our need for the gospel to shine its bright light in mm. those, those kind of dim areas of our hearts and of our minds. Yeah, there's places that it's easy to gloss over. Some of these, they might look like pebbles, but the more you examine mm. them, you realize they are hmm. they are sharp rocks ready to just destroy you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So today we're tackling the topic of emotional lust and namely escapism, mm. right? And in, in how we escape kind of our reality and what the implications of that for how we come back to our reality. Mm. So it should be a good conversation and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. topic actually came to us through one of our amazing patrons. So Sierra, thank you for asking this question. Mm. It actually stirred a lot of conversation in our hearts. You've actually asked it uh, almost a month ago. I, was say, I thought it was longer than that. And we had just kind of been needing to, we had to get through our series of counseling. And then right. we just kept coming back to this question. We kept mulling it over and just the timing was like, God's still doing something. We're still praying about this. Like, how can we really approach this? And Hmm. we decided to jump in. I don't think you're ever prepared, right, to jump in and talk about all the things. But (laughs) we did. And it was great. There's some serious truth that needs to be dug up here and seen and brought to light and put the lights shining on it. um, Because... It is very instructive. Sorry, you wanted to go a different way with that. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to remind our listeners of Patreon uh, and how that's how this podcast uh, continues to be is through mm. the faithful partnership with our patrons. We have about uh, 320 or so patrons. Wow. I would Praise love God. to get to the 400 mark by the end of the year. And I did a little calculating. If, if, if just like 0.007% of our weekly listenership decided to become a patron, uh, we would meet that goal. Nice. And it's important because it uh, it c- keeps us kind of uh, more inter- more independent, yes. right? It's listener funded. We're not um, we're not reliant on advertisers or specific uh, kind of I don't know. We're not we're not reliant on anyone but the Lord and the people He leads to partner with us. So yeah. if He's leading you to partner with us, we would be honored, and we'd love to meet you on Patreon. So go to Patreon.com/slash Fierce Marriage. Actually, we do early releases there. You get free books, you get free rings depending on your level. You get free access to our online course ecosystem, which is currently in beta, but will be, will be released mm, in early in next year. year. Yep. So it's uh, there's a lot to be gained, but don't do it because of that. Do it because the Lord is leading you to partner with us in this message mm. of gospel-centered marriage. Uh, other than that, if, you're, if you've been a listener for uh, any period of time and we've helped you, we would appreciate a review and mm-hmm. a rating on iTunes. So uh, at the end of this episode, make sure you take a, f- a few extra seconds, go there, uh, leave a rating, and write a one-sentence review. It would mean the world to us, and, mm-hmm. and it helps others as well. Okay, so as we were brainstorming and just discussing uh, this idea of emotional lust, mm-hmm. it started to um, materialize um, or at least show us some patterns, mm. right? Namely uh, the pattern of escapism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we contrast this. Uh, I, we, we tend to put kind of men and women in these brash categories, right? So men are purely physical. They're very visual and they deal with uh, physical lust. Right. I don't think that's necessarily those those lines aren't crystal clear. Uh, and in general, we think women, right. women no deal with emotional aspect. lust yeah. and physically they're kind of less inclined uh, to fall into those those categories. Yeah, I think that's probably generally the mm-hmm. case. But and so as we're thinking about emotional lust, we were contrasting with well, how wh- what what drives men to pornography? 
Hmm. What drives men to to that medium for their satisfaction? What what what's that play there? Granted, huge question. Um, at the at the very bottom of it, you know, it's our sin nature, right? We we distort a good thing mm-hmm. and use it to our evil ends, right? right? Sex is inherently a good thing. God created it as a good thing. Uh, having a desire for your wife or uh, is a good thing. Being right. sexually attracted to the, the opposite sex is a good thing. It's it, and obviously we within marriage that's where that's fulfilled. Right. Um, it's where you find that final fulfillment or that consummation of what it's all meant to do is create this uh, this special bond between a husband and a wife to result in a special sort of fruitfulness, namely having kids and perpetuating the gospel through how we disciple our kids. So those things are all really good, but what we do is we take a, an intrinsically good thing and we, we grab it and we distort it, kind of like Gollum with the ring or right, right. Smeagol with the ring. Right. And uh, it you, you, you chase after it until it becomes precious in itself and then it, <laughs> and then you, it, you become enslaved by your own sin and you're mm. enslaved by this twisted uh, good thing, right? Right. So... For that, me- yeah, go ahead. That enslaving, I think, drives that sort of it gravitates us right towards certain things. And hmm. I think you were about to say for men that tends to be porn, right? There's there's got to be some there's some realities that are yeah. broken, some emotional realities that might be broken, even maybe some physical realities that are hmm. just um, there's these desires, right? The desires that you're talking about that God's given hmm. us sexually uh, and emotionally, but there's some brokenness possibly there within your marriage and so that can right. often drive us to if it, if it's left broken for a very long time we want we want a solve we want the quickest the easiest way to kind yeah. of gratify those desires yeah um, i mean guys will they they <clears throat> will gravitate toward porn because mm-hmm. it's an addiction right? right there's there's those neural pathways have been blazed and trodden upon yeah. enough to where that's the easiest way to meet that need right yeah. and that need being a sexual release, that need being that sense of sexual um, satisfaction, even emotional right. satisfaction. And so you will gravitate toward that. Or there's, like you said, there's a, there's a crack in their marriage somewhere. Yeah. And it's, I could either spend the next two weeks talking through this issue with my wife, or I could just go turn on the computer right now. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, so. For women, you know, the same we have some of the same desires, right? Emotionally, physically, we want to we want to feel close. We want to mm-hmm. have that connectedness. Um, but again, there's there may be some brokenness in those areas. And so, if again it's left for a long time, a, there's a long period of just disconnect. Um, right. We tend to es- want to escape that reality, right? Because it's unpleasant. It do- it doesn't feel good. I don't like huh. it. it. Everything about it just grates against me. And so. You know, there's different ways that we escape, I think, as women. Um, Sierra, you said she wrote in and talked about how um, Hallmark movies might provide some of that emotional right. escape. Uh, or it's also a source of kind of some an emotional lust. But I want to, before we go talking about emotional lust, escapism, and emotional affairs and those kinds of things, let's let's define some of that mm. uh, before yeah. we kind of move forward. So, yeah. yeah. And you can jump in here, but I think okay. for emotion. Go ahead. Emotional lust, uh, kind of a working definition we've gone on with, is results of continued sort of unchecked involvement with uh, and a heart that desires something or someone, not someone else other than your spouse. It's um, it's essentially wanting something that's not yours. I think would be a safe uh, right. definition right. to kind of move forward with in terms of emotional lust. So when you talk about emotional affairs and um, those are those in itself, obviously are are sinful and wrong. When you talk about Hallmark movies, hmm. right, are those sinful and wrong? Well, we'll kind of digest that a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I think that it's them in and of themselves, you know, it's entertainment, right? But when we start looking to it to right. be our reality, there's this cycle that starts to happen. And so huh. um, emotional lust is essentially wanting intimacy with someone on some level outside of your spouse. Right, right. So it's, yeah, we, we uh, anything extramarital intimately, uh, can cause it causes problems. So mm-hmm. we have we are designed for this one flesh union. That's mm-hmm. very physical. It's also very spiritual. It's mm-hmm. also very emotional. And uh, if that one flesh union fails, or if for whatever reason we are failing to find our contentment, fulfillment, satisfaction in that, or it's failing to provide that, meaning that your marriage is not completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's tempting. Like 
to, to go outside of that boundary to yes. find intimacy elsewhere. Right. Um, there's obviously physical affairs or intimacy outside of marriage. There's emotional affairs or emotional intimacy outside of marriage. And this is actually uh, right in line with God's continual reprimand mm. on his people, Israel and Judah and, and, and you know God's people early on. He said, you hoard yourselves out to the other gods, the other nations. You, you came underneath... Uh, their rule, instead of being under mine, you basically, you cheated on mm. me. Mm-hmm. And God is, and that was the constant refrain. And, and that was the warning. And God, of course, being the faithful covenantal God that he is, says, yet once again, I will mm. be your God and you will be my people. So in that same kind of sense, all right, we have a covenantal God, a covenantal nature. Uh, we are to reflect his covenantal nature within marriage. Anytime we step outside of that covenant uh, and, and seek intimacy uh, and satisfaction anywhere else outside of our spouse that we're designed to experience within them, that's an affair. That's that's mm. where lust comes in. You want all of the goods without any of the cost, right? Right. Uh, and so... And that's, I think we're kind of going to be breaking down this like pretend cycle is what we're kind of calling it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's these two realities, right? We have the emotional lust that can kind of be sourced in this idea of pretending, right? In a movie or in social media, there's images that are Hmm. truly, they're they're fictional. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, But then you also have this kind of mythical pretend uh, this it's a lie, right? There's a half truth and it's not a full truth that I can find right. this emotional connectedness with someone else outside of my marriage. Um, right. so we're, we're, we're kind of debunking some mm. of that in there. So, yeah, so let's, let's talk ta- about escapism. Yeah. So and that's in, in terms this, of, in terms of this cycle. Yes. Okay. So what is escapism? And okay. So, uh, uh, we talked about men with their kind of in general men, women deal with pornography addictions as well. Mm-hmm. But in general, uh, this need to escape reality. Okay, mm. so here we ha- let just let's sit on this for a little bit. You have a real life, okay, listener. You have a real mm-hmm. life that you are experiencing with good and bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, more good than bad. Uh, we live in a fallen world and we are ourselves in a fallen state. Uh, we are being redeemed. Uh, we've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We're being sanctified continually. Our justification is bought and paid for, but it's already a reality that's not yet realized. Does that make sense? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a very sense, real sense of brokenness here and now. So in other words, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. I think mm-hmm. everybody knows that, but I just want to make that clear that we're not expecting that of mm-hmm. you. And God is not expecting that of us. He's expecting us to look to him. Okay. So when we have a reality that creates in our hearts, a dissonance, a dissatisfaction. Okay. So, uh, you're, you're in our marriage. I'm just use us as, as the example. And, the reality, the, the wish is that we would have closeness on every front. We'd be in unity. We'd have a healthy home life. You would feel fed and nurtured and cared for as a wife. If any of that's not true, you're going to have a dissonance. Mm-hmm. You're going to want something that you don't have. And so... Or you're going to not like what you have first, I think. Right, And yeah. then desire something that yes. you don't have. Yes. So you're, you're seeing a disconnect between what you desire and it could be a good desire. Mm-hmm. It could be a great desire. Uh but it's not your reality. So that's what escapism is, is we say, okay, I can't get that here. So I'm going to escape and I'm going to go to a pretend place. That will fulfill me that ideally, will give me right? The thing that it I'm says that for. I'm, it's going to give me what I want. So I'm going to pick up that novel or I'm going to turn on Hallmark or I'm going to get on social media and talk to an old boyfriend or an old friend. And I'm going to seek that emotional connection that I so deeply desire. I'm escaping my reality mm. and retreating into... A, a more idealized place. Now, this is where it gets really tricky hmm. because in a pretend world, okay, nothing is real. <laughs> Nothing's real. Yeah. There's there's elements and hints of reality, but it's not real. Like if you're watching a movie on Hallmark, uh, it's going to have real actors. It's going to have real cars and real scenes and real nature and real stuff like that, but it's not actually real. Why is it not real? Because it's scripted. These people are on their best behavior because it's all scripted. If well, you're talking to somebody on social media, <laughs> they're not your actual spouse. They're not actually in your life. Right. They are they're they're an idealized caricature of themselves. Right. They're not you're not seeing them. All you're the, seeing yes. a version of them yes. that is pretend. Yes. Uh, especially if you're not face to face with them. And even when you're face to face in that in that in those scenarios, say you say you think, "Okay, I'm just going to go have a, a totally platonic friend friend coffee <laughs> the thing. fact that you're justifying it right then right, that's a red, says that's a a red flag and so you're going to go get coffee with this old friend mm-hmm. right and you're going to sit across the the table and you're going to catch up right 
you're not getting real them. You're getting an update, a highlight reel right. of their last five, ten years or whatever. And so we go into this pretend place. And then what happens is we we become attached here. Okay, yeah. so for men, the attachment is very physiological. For women, it's also, you could say it's physiological because it's uh, in the in the mind, mm-hmm. right? But it's emotional in kind of a greater sense. And you, you, you have this, this satisfaction that is now found. Right. Okay, so I found right. what I'm looking for. Men going to the screen, women, are, again, in general. Now... I want to actualize that thing in my other in my actual reality. So in other words, you're saying I want to impose this pretend fulfillment mm-hmm. into my actual reality. So I went I went to this place, my reality was broken. I am going to escape to this pretend place to get what mm-hmm. I want. But now that I want that to be my reality. So I'm going to start imposing that pretend pretendyville, right? Right. Onto my reality, onto my spouse. And what and what does that look like? Okay, so I'm thinking again of Hallmark movies. Like you admitted re- to me recently that you were uh, I had the girls we were, went on a daddy-daughter adventure. We were gone well, all day yeah, long. You came home. I had I had I had a throw I was a helping throw in a baby shower and it was going to be an all-day thing and then he great. came up uh, came home a bit later and it, I was I had read books, or read my Bible. I just like I was just drained from all the things of reading. I was like, "Oh, I'll turn on a show like my last resort." <laughs> And I watched um, a show that I liked a long time ago. It's a movie. A movie. Can I name it? Yeah, Ever bad? After. Ever yeah. After. It's ter- it's, the acting it's is just but... gratuitous and funny, but I watched it at such a like teenage... It was. It just brought about a lot of like young Selena back, right? And I know it's going to happen, so I'm not sitting here just getting like my heartstrings tugged at in many big ways, but I haven't watched a movie and I can't tell you how long, just because our life is busy and honestly, I'd rather pick up a book right now. But... I watched it, and I, Ryan came home, and I was like, holy cow, I forgot how movies just grab your emotions and, like, take them where they want <laughs> yeah. you. They want to go. Not where you may necessarily want to go, but where they want to go. Right. That's good. And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. And so... The, so you asked, you asked the reason why I brought that up, because you asked the question of how does this... How do you want to kind of deport or uh, you... you uh, what's the word? You, you import look- from that pretend place. Right. You want to take what's there and bring it into your actual reality. And so what we had discussed was, uh, okay, so you're watching this romance unfold. It's scripted. It's jammed into 120 minutes. Suck me right in. It's jammed into 120 minutes. It makes you think it's reality, right? Uh, This is how people actually... Sorry, this you is keep how, interrupting me. Well, because I'm, it's just like so. I'm like so surprised by it still, and I don't no, no, know why it's so it's, silly. It's designed to do that. And yes. there's music that plays, and the the lines that the prince is giving are completely scripted. Of course, they're all he, his teeth are perfectly aligned, and he is <laughs> uh, he's handsome. And so you now wanting me to be an articulate prince, right? Not saying that that's what you wanted. But you saw that, <laughs> but we can do this kind of without realizing right, that you think, well, right. you're not. You're not treating me like, you know, like the Hallmark Joe should be treat <laughs> is treating his woman or whatever. Uh, and so you import in the same way men do this is well, they, they, yeah, they bring it upset. into their bedroom and they say, why aren't you doing the things that I've seen these other women do in pornography? Not only that, but they seem to be like enjoying it or they're happy to be there. They're actresses. So mm-hmm. it's a complete fabricated situation. Right. It's a fabrication of, of truth and things that again, right. Are, are God hmm. given. If we look at the Hallmark movie, right. We look at the countdown to Christmas. It's like the 11th anniversary. It's a two month long nonstop marathon of hmm. movies. They come out <laughs> with like 38 new movies. I'm like, how do they do this? This is how they do it. All 38 movies have the same plot. They have the same characters. They have the same, they have different jobs. Jobs, right, but it's right. always this like suburban, you know, privileged person that has this big degree, and they have a handsome bow next to him, and they should, by all accounts, be happy and successful. Which, by the word, but, I, I had to ask her what she meant by the word bow. B e a u. It's a man. It's just and, so but, weird to hear you say that. But. but then comes this other guy, and there's another like there's kind of a little romance because bow number A or <laughs> bow letter A number A. <laughs> He wasn't good enough in some area, right? And so there's this dissonance, right? So they're creating. So they're doing a diff- they're, they're creating they're- the dissonance <laughs> for you, and you're like, oh yes, and you're then like, oh I feel that way about my <laughs> husband, and you start getting mad at your husband, right, for things that he's never even done or thought about, and never was a desire in your heart until you watch these movies. Again, 38 new movies coming out in December, <laughs> guys. The plot line is just there's not so a lot predictable. Of, there's not a lot of creative. And yet, 
innovation happening. And I'm not just like slamming them because like my mom watches them. I'm sure I would love to watch one and mm. just be like, oh, it's fun. Like it's so everything. But the what they have they have quotes from people that watch it. I mean, this one girl she was like orphaned at a young age, and she and not this is not a character. It's a real person. So she enjoyed watching other families have like holiday time, right? These scripted holiday times. And she says, everything is always all right at the end, which is just the opposite of real life. And in my heart, your heart breaks, right? You're like, oh no, like I, yes, I want the reality of everything to be all right. I want my, my room, my house to look nice. I want things to be clean and beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. And how in the heck do they do all these things of like decorating their house so perfectly and their one-year-old doesn't make messes like you just described social media too by the exactly. way exactly so, so. that that pl- definitely plays into it and so all i'm saying is that i know you won't have lots to you're say you're on fire right no now, there's so. there's manipulation that's involved here there's a script there are aesthetically looking pleasing looking people and these are and like all the lies right there's some element of truth what is this element of truth that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast our desires we desire reconciliation right we desire commitment we desire everything to be okay or contentment we desire closeness we desire oneness we desire to be loved but the lie right is that it happens in like 90 to 120 minutes the lie sorry no that's good it is a lie uh i I just want to i want to make sure we're closing this this feedback cycle okay we talked about the escape cycle or the pretend cycle again you have a part of your reality that you're not contented with and you just brought this up really good point you may not even know that you don't like this and then they've put something in front of you (laughs) temptation in front of you and said don't you want something better right and not that they not that the directors and the actors were trying to do this but the, the the idea of a story being told told is the point of it is to uh control your emotions essentially well, and like and it's take it's, them through this it's pretend yeah. the whole point of like yeah. adventure fiction is to take you on an adventure without actually having to go like <laughs> get your head or your arm chopped off right <laughs> and so there's no real risk here right you're complete bystander and so it's playing on a dissonant piece of your own life you go to a pretend world you say i'm gonna get what i need there and now i'm gonna try to import that into my actual reality and then right. it doesn't work right and so what is it? We have a choice then. Yeah. You say, oh, my husband's never going to be Prince Charming. My wife's never going to be whatever that false version mm. that I'm looking for. She's never going to not be her. Right. So w- w- we've bought a lie already. Mm-hmm. So we either need to discard the lie or we're in trouble. What happens so often, and it's very unfortunate, is you get people, that it, it plants a seed. It incepts into their mind mm-hmm. this thought that maybe there's more. Mm, stop right there for a minute. So the thought... Why does the Bible talk about taking every thought mm. captive? Wow. Where yeah. does where does deception lie, right? Look at look at even the garden. She saw the fruit and uh-huh. it it looked good to her. Mm. And she didn't there was no there was there was a scene and there was a thought. Mm. Like how much more clear do we have to get about this? Mm. Yeah, so and, and tragically that thought then grows. It takes root. And it begins to grow. Uh, there's a passage that says, uh, I can't remember what it is, but it's basically talking about this procession of starting with a thought and then growing into full-blown mm. action, full-blown mm-hmm. sin. Uh, and so you can start to think, well, maybe there's something better. And then you start kind of grooming mm. yourself and justifying yourself. Well, he's he's actually falling short in all these other ways. Well, you know what? And the, he's actually not treating me right. I deserve better. And you get another the, friend who's getting on the bandwagon. You right. watch another movie. All of a sudden, it's a compounding effect. Right. And so what you do then is you say, I can't have this pretend world in my current reality, so I'm going to create a new reality. Right. And so you get, you break yourself off, either emotionally you break, or you to get a Physically divorce. or totally, yeah. Or you, and so you try to create a new reality, and that's where this pretend place now becomes a new reality. And what happens in your new reality, inevitably... Over time, over time and eventually. You have more dissonance. Yes, imagine that. And so it's a cycle of escalating uh, kind of uh, buying of this lie. Yeah. And then paying the price, uh, it's upping the ante every time. Right. I'm paying this greater price. And anyway. Well, and the, the part that I think is so hard about those things is that it's probably true, right? Like, you could probably treat me better as a husband. Nonsense. Right? <laughs> you could probably, I could probably maybe be a little more, and I don't know if this if this translates right to, like, adventurism in the bedroom. I don't want to, like, say that these translate. <laughs> equally across i'm just saying that there are shortcomings that we have and so those de- when those those desires create dissonance it off it augments the the insecurities that we already are dealing with because there is some there's possibly some truth there already okay okay i want to pause on that a little bit okay 
because that's a really touchy topic, right? You just said that you could be more adventurous. I happen to disagree. I feel like you're amazing. I know. I tried to steer away from that in all honesty. Okay. Well, that's, but that's taken time. Okay. And the reason is there's nothing sinful about not wanting to be adventurous in bed. And so I want to be very clear. There's nothing sinful about that. Now, there is a sense that we have Christian liberty to ex- within marriage to mm-hmm. explore and have fun and enjoy and drink deep of love. That's what Song, Song of Solomon's all about. Okay. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Song of Solomon is pretty, pretty colorful yeah. in its language. Uh, but there are spots in here where there is an opportunity for you to be generous, where you could say, okay, let's be, let's explore. And I could say also be generous. And honestly, I don't want anything that you don't want now at this point. Like I don't want to in any way pressure. Right. Like, and so I feel like we can, we can twist something like again, you, you yeah. can, you, it's, and it's a twisting. Uh, and, and I could twist that thing and saying it's, you're not actually sinning, but you're not, you're it, see how selfish that is. Yeah. You're not sinning against me, but I deserve this thing. Mm. So I'm going to retreat. I'm going to escape into whatever reality I need or fake reality I need to get what I think I deserve. And when I come back and you still aren't giving me that thing I deserve, then now I deserve to break our covenant. Okay. Hmm. Which ironically, you can't really break a covenant, right? It's I'm actually viewing it as a contract at that point. It's not mutually beneficial to me. So the point we're trying to make is we have to identify these lies yeah. and cut them off at the pass. And yeah. we do have to make conscious decisions to escape the escape. Right. And I think you've heard us, if you know anything about us and you've heard us talk about sex on the podcast, uh, our basic rules for in the bedroom, right? Are nothing like degrading or painful or um, not agreed. Yeah. Nothing, no edifying. third parties coming in to the bedroom in any and that way, means shape no or form. Pornography and, you know, be very careful about introducing other Items, devices, right. and things like this. Right. Be very careful and discerning about that. Right. We have a lot of liberty, but there's also, a, it's a very... Um, there's boundaries for a flourishing. A, <laughs> yeah, and, and sex is a very powerful, good thing that needs to be wielded carefully and, and mindfully. Well, I mean, Jesus even talks about it. I think I've been reading First mm. Corinthians about how... Um, there's a difference with sexual sin. A man sins against his own body and his body is a temple. Right. Like there's the, sexual sin is, 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 mm. is different in that sense. Um so coming back to this this cycle and talk, coming back mm-hmm. to living in our reality, some pretend reality either is brought into us or it kind of finds its way into our or we reality or we seek it out. Yep. We engage in it. Right. And then we from there, we tend to impose this pretend reality into our new reality. And of course, it's going to break into our current reality, into our current reality. Of course, it's going to break. Right. It's never going to match up. It's never because it, how can it? It's real life it? versus fiction. It's so, actors versus action. And, and, the, and these scripts that, that these actors are reading off of are poured over by professional writers <laughs> who their whole job is to tug at your heartstrings. Right. They've gone to universities. They've gone. They, they know right. how to make it palatable and taste good going down. Right. right. It's like this is their job. So how do we begin unpacking? So you're saying here. How do we here, break the cycle? Yeah. How do you break the cycle? Like you're sitting here saying this, Ryan. Like I my reality is not what I want it to be. Why is it so bad that I go somewhere else and get it? Why, what it seems it's too hard to like, try to talk to my spouse. It seems too hard to like work Mm. through it. Why should I, why should I work through it? Why this seems like it works for everyone. Right. No one's getting hurt. Right. No one's getting hurt by me kind of going into this hole. Sorry, I can't help but think of Phyllis right now with the headphones on in the oh, office. <laughs> She's listening to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I don't even want that mentioned in our I'm podcast. Sorry. I'm going to leave just... it there. I'll just leave it there. If you've seen it, you've seen it. I don't even want the name of the title of the book listed on our podcast. Well, that's why that title... That's... Okay, come on. I know. And realistically speaking, that's yeah. why that, that book series did so well. Yeah. Because it's offering... A sexual it was offering escape. an escape mm-hmm. for... For a number in a number of ways, and I'm not going to do an, an analysis of no. that book series. But you ask, how do we break this cycle? And what's wrong with it? Mm. Okay, so when we seek satisfaction outside of any um, biblical <laughs> prescription, it's a recipe for destruction. I just laugh because it is it is all dressed up, and it, it's simply idolatry, right? Like it's hmm. it's all dressed up in whatever you want to hmm. put on it. But when it comes to it, idolatry is idolatry. Okay, so it's idolatry because we're looking to something other than 
our Savior and we're to, to, to fulfill us in a way that only his design can fulfill or only he himself can fulfill yes. us. So the as we were talking about this, again, the cycle, you have your reality, there's dissonance, you go to a pretend place, you find what you think you need and you find what you're looking for or a caricature of it and you try to import that into your reality. That doesn't work and so you spin off a new reality. In other words, you change your circumstances in a way that is going to mm. uh, be more along what you think it should be. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. The the thing we need to do is actually abandon the process and now go to an even deeper reality. And that is the reality. This We mentioned it earlier, this foregone conclusion, this this already but not yet. Christ is king, and he, but he has yet to reign fully. When do I do that? So, when should I do that, Ryan? Okay. I want to be clear. Hallmark movies aren't bad in and of themselves. No. Pornography is. Right. So there's, no, there's a distinction to be made there. Yes. It depends on your heart orientation. Now, I don't. There's no with movies, with movies, not with pornography. Movies. Pornography is hands down never yeah. acceptable. I was just going to say there's no redeeming qualities Nothing. to pornography. Yeah. Nothing good about it, and so steer clear of that, like across Period. the board. Yeah. Uh, with movies like this, you feel your heart. Hallmark movies, you feel your heart going <laughs> in the wrong direction. Yes, that's an opportunity to recognize that. Now, if you're just watching it as an entertaining thing and it's a lighthearted thing, you're not getting. You're not trying to escape. You're not being fed by it. There's a difference between being entertained and being and escaping. Yeah. So if you know, you're not being fed by it, that's a really good way to think about it. Uh, well, if you feel your your heart going that that bad route, um, it's a, it's time to go get fed somewhere else. Hmm. Instead of going to this the the vending machine and grabbing a soda, you need to go get living water. Hmm. <laughs> and, Word. And I think that's the difference. Is that we and so you have to you have to be an adult. Spirit led. Okay, this is the beautiful thing about this mm. is that we are spirit led. Granted, our our hearts are just. You teach our daughters this. We can't really follow our hearts. Uh, everything about Disney movies, Hallmark. It's like, oh, follow your heart and you'll be satisfied. I just think it's of, like if you're not a believer, it's just definitely not a good idea because the heart is <laughs> is not good. I just can't get past Napoleon Dynamite when he's just like, just follow your heart. <laughs> I, don't I think about that all the time. No, but talk about heart and desires. I don't know if that's where you're going yeah. about the the comment of like your desires change, right? When your heart is not right. been regenerate. So there is this sense in the Christian life that uh, you can say you can't, your, your heart's deceitful above all else is what the Bible says. And it's true. However, okay, when we are regenerate, when we are Christians, when we, when we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, we do have... A new heart. Scripture, Scripture says this. that we have. He has removed our heart of stone and, and put into our chest a heart of flesh. Okay. That doesn't mean it's completely redeemed, completely perfect, right. completely sanctified. So, but we have the Holy Spirit leading us. Okay, we had a recent thing happen in our lives where we were trying. We were going to make a big decision. It was going to be a mm-hmm. big financial decision in our lives, and I felt all this peace, and I was super excited about it. You felt peace. We had talked about it. I felt. I think I prayed I, about I it. I was pretty agnostic about it, to be honest. I was like, yeah, I see his point. So, yeah, I'll just go along. I'm just trying to – like, I've, I've become familiar with this path of, like, I'm just going to jump on board with you because typically when I – unless it's a massive red flag, I don't say much. But if it, it, it just kind of – I was a little indifferent. I was like, yeah, this this could be great. I see the potential. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, God's leading. I feel like this desire is <laughs> – is, 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 I'm thinking that this desire <laughs> is is good. It's right. It feels like it's not unwise. You know, I've run it through the whole rubric of decision making, mm-hmm. our family vision statement, all this stuff. Okay, good. So let's let's move forward. We move forward, uh, and and we finally get the first step along the way, and we're more or less committed to this thing. And I go to sleep that night and feeling great. Wake up, no peace whatsoever. Mm. Like like not not just no peace, but like negative peace, <laughs> anxiousness. <laughs> turmoil mm. uh the peace that i thought i had was gone and now is replaced with this mm-hmm. this like this like sickness where i mm. felt like oh this is not right this this does not sit well with me and i tried to justify it away for two three days reason away that. i think it was a couple hours and i just said this is not this is not peace right and so my heart had led me astray mm. but i had the holy spirit now had, by his grace had changed my desires to now lead me back on the right path mm. and so our heart can in, when it's when it's governed and and informed and ruled mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit by spirit driven desires, mm. our heart can lead us into a good place. Yes. Now, but when we're walking according to the flesh, it does not lead us into good places. Good. And so, I think that's the distinction to be made here. We're talking again about emotional lust. Yeah. 
when our desires are leading us into a dark place of, right. again, escaping, not just not just being entertained, but we're actually escaping and trying to be fed by something that is uh, inherently kind of going to make us sick. Right. That's what we need to be discerning. So, well, and Proverbs 3 talks about like, uh, what is it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean hmm. not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him like, and he will give you the desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. But yeah. that is... The, your heart's desires at that time are aligned with his desires. Mm. And I think that's the part that we tend to not, we, we just gloss over yeah. for whatever reason. But I want to spend a few moments talking about our conversation this morning. Okay. And it, it's somewhat related to this. We were talking about it's like which one <laughs> the girls were all playing and we were having our morning coffee yeah. and we were getting ready for breakfast and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about how television has kind of desensitized mm. us. Yeah. And we've we've stopped watching most things. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time we watched. I mean, it's probably a couple, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We watched something together, and even really in general. I mean, you watched this movie because we were gone late, um, and sometimes, yeah. So, and I'm like, and we were reading this article that's basically saying like how how this escalation of of drama, this escalation of violence, this escalation of sexual gratuitousness that's happening in TV on in Netflix and everything. How it's it's almost a result to uh, it's it's like the call and response to all the chaos we've experienced, mm. and it's like we need more chaos in a sense, to feel more something. drama to feel something. Why is that? Because our we it's like our it's, it's you grow like, immune to it. Well, we're learning about yeah, it's a big thing, but we're learning about the human body in our community, our our homeschool community. We're talking about nerve sensors, right? Nerve your your right. sensory system. And how, like, you take a, p- a pencil and maybe poke yourself real lightly. You take two pencils, poke yourself lightly up or on by the elbow. You take two pencils and poke yourself lightly on the finger. You're not going to feel two pokes on your arm. You'll feel two pokes in your finger. And why? Because there's more sensors in your finger. There's more nerve endings in your fingers right. that are that you know translates that information. It's a higher resolution for feeling. Right. Yeah. And so what's happened because of you know Amazon Disney all the all the big names is, but especially Netflix we feel yeah. there is this this searing of our our sensors right there's this searing they're of becoming numb because they're just they're and, always being right they're yeah. always being burned they're always being like brought this this these terrible messages and well, that's so, classic. Sorry, that's, that's classic, classic addiction. Sin and addiction. Yeah. Well, I mean, same with drugs, right? You right. get That first hit. Oh, it's amazing. Well, you'll never have a hit like that one, right? Because your body all, you automatically starts uh, becoming immune to it, immune or like yeah, or adjusted to it, right? And I think yeah, the, the I mean, think about okay, take all this. We're talking about TV. We're talking about Netflix. Think about social media now. Yeah. Okay, you're getting. I mean, if you get on Instagram and you wonder why you feel inadequate, you wonder why your life doesn't feel like it's or everything you feel it should agitated be. Agitated with your spouse. <laughs> it's because you're seeing literally a highlight reel of humanity. Not only a highlight reel of humanity, but the one that's curated specifically for you based on your past behavior. Yeah. The algorithms are designed to make you want to create that mm. longing for timelessness, that longing for beauty, perfection, a belonging, success. That, <laughs> yeah, that. It's designed to keep you there. Right. It's not some like somebody just, you know, created something to make it pretty and nice for you to interact with. I mean, I think that's what they originally set out for, but it has become its own machine. And now there are people that are actually informing everything that happens. Every yeah. sort of drop of information yeah. that comes at well, you. Well, because the whole business model is basically keeping your attention as right. long as possible. Okay. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> the point we're trying to make here is that social media has the same effect because you're getting the highlight reels. You're getting yeah. the most – if you go to like the discover function of any sort of app, it's designed to give you the things that are resonating the most deeply with humanity. Mm. So they're said this, the, the way that most people are resonating with. It's pithy and witty and touches the heart, you know, pulls on the heartstrings. Visually, it's funny or there's someone mm-hmm. attractive or it's an interesting or it's novel. It's new. And it, it's meant to create in you a sense of wanting to give it your, literally give it your life. You're giving it your time, your attention. Oh, man. Okay, so – we don't That's even realize kind of it, but like, we're escaping. We, we are that. escaping, and it's it's a it's a twist of this whole theme of love that the Bible talks mm. about in terms of love. You see, when you hear about God's love, you hear about how His Son died, right? There's so what I'm talking about with wow. twi- the twisting is that we are dying to the life that God's given us in mm. order to live for these screen 
unfulfilled desires, right? Mm. So we're, we're, we're getting frustrated and agitated and we're just done with this life that he's, that God is like, this is the gift I've given you and you're, you're throwing it away. Why are you throwing it away? Well, because my, my desires over here, Mm. I love this thing. I want this thing. I want, I want to look like this. I want to feel like this. I want all of this Mm. because I'm not getting it. And if I'm not getting it, no one's getting it. But anyways, I I want to, John uh, 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. I think we oftentimes, we forget the meaning of love. The One of the most repetitious meaning definitions of love we see in scripture is the laying down of one's life mm. for another. Mm. It, love, the opposite, like one of the clearest signs of love in scripture is death, mm. death to self. Mm. And escapism is the opposite of that. Okay, so it's escaping, it, feeding yourself. You're saying that everything this, else dies. You're not giving me what I need. Instead of dying to you, I'm gonna become. I'm gonna become alive, more alive to myself. Ah, oh, Lordy, <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so the so how do we Gospel break this cycle? Is, so is we look to the definition of love Himself, Christ. Mm. We we are reminded that we were lost and we were dead in our sin. Dead, not ha- mostly dead. We were dead. <laughs> deceitfulness of death first of all i just want to say so you may think you're alive right in this escape pretendyville that's what they want you to think but truly you're dead like we need to take the bible's authority and truth on this like you are dead mm. aside from christ we are dead aside from him but Not, that's the whole premise of escapism is i i am that's I, what I'm saying. I deserve so that notion that i am was once dead and now I'm made alive in christ that notion is that i deserve nothing in myself other than the wrath of god right and what i do deserve as a person made in god's image is only i only deserve it because god said so right Right. I only deserve dignity because God said so when he endowed me with the image of the creator without his entire context. I am literally dead and worthless in his context. I'm alive and and made in his image. And that's what I'm saying is is that we we twist this idea of death and life. Like we think that we know where Mm. life is found. And we think that we will be made more alive. Right. With by escaping that. And then there's this. That sounds awfully familiar to Genesis three. Oh, did he really Nothing say? Did he really say? Did he, he really say that? He's just afraid. He's just God's just afraid. He doesn't want you to be like him. And so, just God's come on, take this thing, and then you'll see, and you'll uh, know, and you'll see behind the veil, leading. and you'll know he's a liar. Yes. You'll know that there's not real life in his way. There's Guys, real there's life no in this. No fulfillment there. But escapism, that, never any fulfillment. No matter how many, however the, you dress it up and paint it. That is the paramount lie <laughs> of humanity is that we can find satisfaction anywhere else mm-hmm. than by going to God himself. And then as a result of experiencing his goodness and his love, conforming ourselves into the image of Christ, falling under the authority of scripture, mm-hmm. finding finding beauty in the law and precepts of God. Anything other than that will so bring good. us to a place of death. So good. And that's, I think, the problem with escapism. I get that movies... Are good. Honestly, I think movies are, are, are in a lot of ways, are a good grace of God. Like we right. get awesome story format. We get to experience different, different stories and different characters and different right. facets of humanity that may not be accessible to us otherwise. They can stir in us a really good kind of inspiration and a desire mm. for it's good, beautiful things. It's yeah. an art form, and art is beautiful. God made beautiful things. He was things. the first artist. <laughs> yes, but escapism. Yeah. Like what? And so again, we're trying to look at the heart. Okay. Again, there's no redeeming aspects to pornography. You can't have a good heart and go and go view that stuff. There's no. This is different. Movies, music, uh, Instagram, like these things can be redemptive. Like they mm. they they can be redeemed. It might be how say. you found not, Pierce marriage. They're not I mean, redemptive. I, I meant to say they can be redeemed because God created beauty. Right. And it's, yeah, it's like you said. Might, might be how you found fierce marriage. <laughs> the point we're trying to make is that. Are our hearts, I guess we're trying to ask this question, is is your heart escaping? Right. Now, we could talk about this for a long time, but I want to get to the next piece, which you're escaping into this alternate reality, and it's creating an emotional lust Mm. to bring this conversation around. And that emotional lust is a desire for something that is not yours to be as yours. So I want a connection with this other man or men. You want a connection with this other woman. 
uh, when that connection is not yours to have. Mm. That's where the lust part comes in. Mm-hmm. That connection does not belong to you. That emotional uh, draw that you feel needs to be satisfied in your spouse alone. So you're saying that right that you we may have certain inclinations that come up within us, distractions, whatever that say mm-hmm. that try to create a dissonance, and it's in those moments that we take the thought captive. How by having scripture inform our desires by reminding Mm. ourselves that, no, this is my husband. This is my wife. This is the person that I've, I'm in covenant with. Mm. I desire that me to, for me to desire someone else. That's wrong. That Mm. is off limits wrong. And so Mm -hmm. I think I just want to paint that picture clear. Like when I'm in the moment, it's late at night, I'm scrolling on my phone. I see a message or I see an old boyfriend or an old friend of the other gender and they say something and I want to like start engaging them. Um, you should definitely like yeah. check that so, inclination. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to speak to the spouse who's feeling like, well, my husband yeah. or my wife, they are not meeting my needs. What do I do? Okay. Mm. So they are, they've been speaking, uh, you know, words that are hurtful. Mm. They've done things that are hurtful. We don't have trust. We don't have intimacy. We mm. don't have closeness. We're not talking. Uh, and, and maybe he's not even pro- financially providing. He's not feeling mm. whatever those, he, like he, yeah. he's falling short in some way. Okay. Remember the verse we looked at in John 15, John fifteen thirteen. greater love is no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That's all fine and great. You might be thinking, but what if he's not acting as a friend, right? I don't want to mm. lay down my life for this person. They're, they don't deserve it. Mm. They don't deserve my respect. They don't deserve my love. Okay, well, I'd like to read Romans 5, 7 to you. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, goodness. It's in those moments of dissonance when you have the greatest opportunity to love your spouse. How Christ loves us. How Christ has loved us. That's the takeaway is that you feel in your heart, this need, this desire, this unmet, this unmet need. That's our chance to to look to Christ and then in turn, love our spouse as Christ is calling us to love our Mm -hmm. spouse in the middle of their imperfection, in the middle of the hurt, in the middle of the, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. instead of escaping, we can, we can rely more fully. We can be obedient and we can act and yes. love how Christ has called us to love and exemplified and modeled for us to love. And I think even taking a step further that the, sometimes you have to do the action before mm. the feelings come, right? We had somebody kind of share with us that, that you may not feel like loving your spouse, but the feelings are not the drivers of how we love each other when we're in this covenant. Mm. If God didn't feel like dying for us, he could yeah. have done that, right? Like he didn't have to, Right. He could have just said, oh, this didn't work. Adam's too painful. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Annihilated. Yeah. And he didn't. No, instead, he gave us actual, he gave us a promise. Right. And the promise was, and this was as he was sentencing the serpent, he Mm -hmm. said that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. What? That's that's a promise. Right. He gives us a promise. And that's what I want to think walk into is like, we're not just, it's not death to death, it's death for life. Death, you're exchanging the death of yourself, the death of your flesh for life in the spirit. Yeah. And that that is worth the death a thousand times over. Okay. Life in Christ. And we're honestly, and this is where the circle kind of completes, is that at some point we have to choose to trust. Mm. We have to choose to trust God's sufficiency, Mm. Christ's sufficiency for our enjoyment, for our fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And then we have to trust that we can't import these artificial versions of what we think we want, we can't import those. God mm. can only create those by the power of the Holy Spirit. He can only weld those things mm. up that we want from within us, th- from from His transforming yeah. capabilities, not from our transforming capabilities. Yeah. And so, again, to bring this conversation kind of full circle, we started out talking about emotional lust and escapism. We, we talked about what escapism actually is. And I think out of all that and through our conversation, we realized that the only escape from escapism is into the arms of Christ mm-hmm. and into the loving leadership of Christ mm-hmm. and into trusting his way of love and loving our spouse and realizing that it's not our role as believers to escape anything. Mm-hmm. He has placed us in this world. We're not in it. We're in it, but we're not of it. 
That's what that is. It's like there's no escape here. You're still going to deal with trials. You're still going to have persecution. It's still going to be hard. Right. I'm not going to pluck you up and just take you into a tree. He's saying you need to stay here yeah. for your good, for my glory. This is God talking. For your good, for my glory, and for the good of those I love. Mm. So husband, wife, you're listening to this. Maybe that's an opportunity to show your your spouse the the redemptive love of Christ, the the selfless love of Christ right in the middle of their imperfection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right in the middle of their perfection yeah. um and it's that's what that that passage in Romans says it's a, it, at the right time yeah. while we were still sinners Christ died for us mm. so we can die not in the same sense that Christ died for us but we can die for each other in that sense that mm-hmm. i can lay down my life for you mm-hmm. i can say i may want to escape i may want this selfish thing i you're not perfect, but I can lay my life down for you because Christ has laid his life down for me and he's called me to love you in this way. Mm. And I can trust that as I do that, my heart's going to be changed. Right. And my affections for you are going to be stirred. Mm. But but I can trust that that love will have transformational properties that I could never generate on my own. Mm. So good. Mm. Oh man, we went a lot of different ways with that, but I just I love how God's word and how he is so faithful to I think show us I think a lot of that we were processing in real time yeah um, yeah God is good and faithful trustworthy I, I get a sense um, there's a lot of listeners that uh, are listening to this and they're it's creating um, mm. some waves if mm. you will maybe rattling some cages and and we 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 the whole point of this is to show you that Christ is good, friend. He's good enough. And I think we just maybe, Selena, you could pray for us and we could pray for the husbands and the wives that they would um, just really, uh, I guess, repent and believe the truth Mm. of the gospel, repent of their sin and and believe that God is enough and then, and then have the courage and the ability to then press in to um, knowing and following him more faithfully. Sure. And relying on that grace. Yeah. God, thank you so much for the marriages that um, are listening right now. Uh, We are so privileged to have the platform to speak your truth. God, I pray that it would be loud, that it would be clear. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, uh, be at work in the hearts of your people. Uh, We pray for discernment. We pray for eyes wide open, hearts that are um, hearts of flesh and minds that live in the word uh, and that are communing with you daily, Father, so that fiction so that non-truth that lies will be so clear god and that we will have the clear Mm. pathway to break the cycle of living and escaping the world that we disdain that is just full of sin god i pray that you would just remind us of the power that you've given us to and we're equipped to live in this world we're equipped to not escape it we are equipped to fight we are equipped to live uh and not be dominated by anything else God, you are our authority. Mm. You are our God. We can trust you. We can run to you. We can lay our sin at the foot of the cross and know that it has been taken care of. We trust you in this, Lord. In your name, amen. Amen. Gosh. Yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, just know that we're praying for you. um, And we're, we're, um, honestly, everything we do is to point you, couples, husband, wife, spouse, to the gospel to Mm. help you realize it and then be enlivened and emboldened and living it out and living in light of it, I should say. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, just know that we're praying for you. Um, I just want to make a quick mention again of our Patreon community. Guys, we're going to do this as long as God allows it. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep hearkening the gospel in the area of marriage and family and, and parenting um, pretty soon. Um, we're going to have another parenting podcast by God's grace. If he, if he allows us, that's at least what we hope to do. Um, but we rely on our patrons to, to support our family. You guys, it goes right to uh, putting food on the table for our, <laughs> for our three daughters and for us. So if, if you um, would just pray about that, pray about partnering with us, we're trying to um, amass a, an army of people that are like-minded there. Um, and if God leads you, just go here. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash fierce marriage. There's all kinds of details there. Um, and with that said, uh, this episode is... In the can. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. As usual, we will see you, listener, in about seven days. Until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. 
For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.